He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Holy Spirit, you are the teacher, you are the guide, you are the standby. This evening, I ask that you will use this vessel of clay. Anoint my lips, O God, and use me as your servant. Let your will be done, and take your preeminence and have the rightful place in our midst this evening. That everything that exalts itself above the name and the knowledge of God be abased. And let the Spirit of God have full control. In Jesus' name, amen. This evening, I am privileged to be standing here to minister to you as women. Amen. Women have what we call influence. Women are not usually created by God to be masculine and to be strong and to be aggressive. The Bible says we are the weaker vessel. But it doesn't mean that we are of no significance. Amen. In the Bible, Eve was not the one that God created first. And yet, Eve was deceived by the devil. But Adam was not deceived. But the Bible says that she did give Adam and he just ate. I find it a very pathetic statement because Adam did not ask any questions. Adam did not show any resistance. Adam did not need any prodding. The Bible says she gave him and he did eat. And yet, Eve was not the first to be created and was not the first to be given full responsibility. Amen. Amen. In the Bible, Samson was a great man who carried the gates of Gaza and he could kill bears and lions with his bare hands. But it took a Delilah to bring him to his knees. The Bible says that by means of a warish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, not even a loaf, but a piece. And a piece of bread is very easy to crumble. You just have to do this and the bread will come to pieces. And so God has invested in us something that is called influence. And that influence can be used for good or for evil. Now Mary, the mother of Jesus, the angel first appeared to Mary, and I always say appeared to Joseph in a dream. And the angel told Mary, what you are going to conceive will be of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost will come over you, and this will happen, and you will have the child. And Mary said, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And because of her obedience, you and I are here today. Mary's influence has gone so far. In the same way, because of Eve's disobedience, you and I are here today. Like the bishop says, when God came into the garden and he asked them, what is this that you have done? He could see disease. He could see sickness. He could see broken relationships. He could see irresolvable problems. He could see war and famine. He could see incurable diseases. He said to Eve, what is this that you have done? And so as women, we should not take our influence for granted. Solomon was a great man, but God said that in the day that you marry wives that are from strange lands, they will turn your hearts away from God. And it came to pass, just as God had prophesied. And so a woman may not carry the gates of Gaza. A woman may not kill bears and lions, but a woman has a certain investment called influence. And that influence can be used for good or for bad. 
I pray for you this evening that you will be a vessel unto honor. Amen. That God would use you to promote his kingdom and not to pull back his kingdom. In Proverbs 31, before the mother of King Lemuel speaks about the virtuous woman, she says to her son, give not your strength to that which destroys kings. And the next sentence says, give not your strength to women. And so, we are very powerful. Amen. We may not be the head, but somebody says we are the neck. And if you are the head, you may be turning here, but the neck has to be willing to go. Amen. The Bible says temptations are sure to come, but woe to them by whom they come. May the Lord help us to recognize whatever influence is in our lives. And may we use it not for our own selfish gains, but for the furtherance of the kingdom. Because as we seek first the kingdom of God, all other things will be added unto us. Amen. So this evening, I want to challenge us to be godly women. Amen. The Bible has good examples of women who turned things around and who made the kingdom of God something that God wanted it to be. And this evening, I know that you are a godly woman. Amen. This evening, I want to speak to you about Jezebelism. Jezebelism. Amen. Most of the time, when we hear about Jezebelism, we picture a warlike woman. We picture a very hard woman. We picture a Samui person that you can recognize easily. But you can be soft and still be a Jezebel. You can be gentle and still exhibit the qualities of Jezebelism. Amen. You can use your gentleness to further the cause of Jezebelism. And Jezebelism is something that I believe is something that women are tempted to do. Why do I say that? Because in the Bible, and we'll be reading it soon, in the book of Genesis, when the devil came to Eve, he said that if you eat of this apple, you will be like God. Now the Bible says in Psalm 62 verse 11 that all power belongs to God. But Eve was tempted and she fell for the fact that she was going to be like God. Usually we think that men who want power and ambition and politics, but women want to be in control. Amen. And that is why I believe when God came to the garden, he cursed Eve that your desire shall be unto your husband and he will rule over you. And that is why in the New Testament we are told wives, submit yourselves unto your husband because we have the tendency to go and sit on the throne or in the place of authority that God has not mandated for us. But what is it that leads us to want to sit on that throne? We want to be secure. We don't want things we are not comfortable with. And so we want to control our lives. We want to manipulate things so that they will work our way. Sometimes we think that if something doesn't go our way, it will be too painful. And it will be too high a price to pay. And so in order not to go through pain, we use manipulation. Manipulation is to use unfair means to have your way. And to use unfair means, the person that you are manipulating is usually not aware that you are manipulating him. As women, we manipulate sometimes through tears. And sometimes the tears are not real. Denala will cry to Samson, you don't love me. If you loved me, you would tell me the source of your strength. But she was not really crying because Samson didn't love her. But she was crying because she was waiting to be paid by the Philistines. Jezebelism was at its peak. May the Lord deliver us this evening from Jezebelism. Sometimes when we are married, we use sex as a weapon to have our way. And even some of us have the audacity to say, you didn't do this for me, we shall see tonight. Jezebelism. 
May the Lord deliver us from the evil of Jezebelism. Sometimes we feel that we want the affection of a man. And whether he likes it or not, we must have him. And so the man will be passing by. And we just know how to go about it. Sometimes it's our body language. On television once I saw a woman who was talking and she had a very low cut, you know, and she just bent down low. And some of us literally make something fall. Just the bellism is that way. The Bible says that in, in the book of Solomon, Solomon said that he was passing and he saw a simple-minded man. Most men are powerful, but they are simple-minded. And he was going on the way. He didn't know that he should not even walk there. But we know what we are about. And sometimes we use verses for our own advantage. You, the Bible has said that this, you are not doing it, you are not doing it. But what about yourself? Are you practicing the word of God? Just the bellism. Amen. Before I get carried away, let's read Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 to 7, so that you see that it's biblical. <laughs> and when the Lord saw that, no, Genesis, I'm at Exodus, sorry. Genesis chapter 3. I hope we all know that Genesis is the first book of the Bible and not in the New Testament. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3, verse 47. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Let's quickly go to Ezekiel 28 verse 2. Ezekiel 28 verse 2. If you don't know where Ezekiel is, please look in your, your index. We are learning. Amen. Ezekiel 28 verse 2. Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Now this is um, an allusion to Satan, and it says here that I am a God, I sit in the seat of God. What does God do? God controls our lives. God controls the event of our lives. It's God who decides that uh, it's time for you to be pruned. It's time for you to go through this trial. It's time for you to go through this temptation. It's time for you to exercise your faith. God is in control and he is in charge of our lives. But many times as women, we say like Satan that I am a God and I will sit in the seats of God. I will decide the things that happen to me and the things that don't happen to me. I will decide and manipulate. I will control. The things that are around me that I don't like, I will control them. Jezebelism. Amen. Now, what, what makes women want to be in control? The basic fact is fear and lack of trust in God. We fear sometimes that we will be cheated. You see, when we submit, the person will not have our interest at heart. He will cheat us. He will do painful things to us, so we have to be in control so that we will not be cheated. Sometimes we feel that we have to manipulate, otherwise we will not marry. So we manipulate and we go through means that we shouldn't use so that we will marry. Sometimes we think that we may end up childless. 
And so we go and we manipulate so that we will have children. Many times, I don't think it's queer, a woman will go to the ward or to the clinic and ask the doctor, doctor, why am I not having a child? And the doctor will say, you come and do a test with your husband. When they do the test, and the doctor finds out that, oh, you, the woman, there's nothing wrong with you, but actually your husband, that there's something wrong. This one, a doctor friend of mine told me, and the woman said to the doctor, doctor, I will be back. And she went and she took her life into her own hands and ensured that she got pregnant. And when she ensured that she got pregnant, she came back as if it was the husband's child. And the simple-minded man came with gifts to thank the doctor for the goodness of the Lord. May the Lord deliver you from Jezebelism. So that when you have to go through something, you will not use unfair means to get your way. Because the end thereof will not be a good thing. It is manipulation and control that makes us end up as second, third, and fourth wives. Because we think we are growing, we are not getting married, things are not going the way we want, and so we have to now take charge of our lives and sit in the seat of God and manage things because the God above, he doesn't seem to be responsible. May the Lord deliver us from Jezebelism. Now the Bible has many examples of Jezebelism. Sarah manipulated. She said, I don't, I'm not giving birth I don't have a child. Let me try and advise my husband to have a child with this maid. It wasn't that Abraham fell into sin or chose his own way, but it was the counsel of Sarah that let's, let's go this way. It will be well with us. You will have an heir and everything will go well. And today you and I are seeing the crisis in the Middle East because of the manipulation of a woman, Jezebelism. Let's read Genesis 27. We'll see how Rebecca manipulated Genesis 27. we we'll see some stories there. Genesis 27. Verse 5. And Rebecca heard when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spoke unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats. And I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a sweet man. My father, peradventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse. My son, only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made saving meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which he had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee. Sit and eat of my venison, that my soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. <laughs> and Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's, 
But the hands are the hands of Esau. And we defend him not, because his hands were heavy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him, and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment, and he blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore God give of thee the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Verse 13, And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau, his brother, came in. Jacob protested about the mother's manipulation. He said, if I do this, I will be a deceiver, and the curse will come upon me. And Rebecca says, it doesn't matter. Let the curse come rather upon you. You go and pretend, and I will help you. I will give you hair. I will give you clothes that smell like Esau, because I must have my way. Now, when Rebecca was pregnant with the two children, there was a prophecy that there are two nations in your womb. And God had said that the younger will be greater than the older. But God did not need Rebecca's help and her Jezebelism to bring about God's purpose because Esau had already sold his birthright to Jacob. And so Jacob had already taken the position of the firstborn. But Rebecca felt that God was delaying. And we feel sometimes that God is delaying. Rebecca felt that God does not understand. And we feel sometimes that God does not understand. Rebecca felt that if she doesn't move in quickly, things may go wrong. You will be like God. So we move into the seat of God and we direct affairs from there. Like chess players or people paying drafts, may the Lord deliver us. And Rebecca lost even the companionship of her son because Jacob had to flee to another land. And look at all the deceptions and the problems that Jacob went through. So he finally wrestled with God and God changed his name to Israel. Look at the deception. He was deceived on his marriage day. He was deceived through his wages. I mean, so much deception followed him. And that was what he feared. He told his mother, I will be a deceiver and a curse will be upon me. But thank God that it was God's mercy that changed Jacob's destiny. Sometimes as mothers, it is our duty to bring up the children, our children in the fear of God. But beyond a certain level, we cannot go. God has not called us to be personal Holy Ghost to people. As a pastor, you minister, you leave the rest to the Holy Ghost. But you do not move me to take the place of the Holy Ghost. Only God can do certain things, and we must allow God to be God. Now the sons of Noah were also manipulators. In Genesis 38, when they were delivered from the ark, and they came out, the, younger, the older sister said to the younger sister, you see, there's no man on earth, and we will not have offspring for our father. So come, let us give our father strong drink so that he will get drunk. And when he gets drunk, the first night he will lie with him. The second night I will lie with him so that we will have children. And many times we go into beds we shouldn't go into because of Jezebelism. May the Lord deliver us from that evil spirit of Jezebelism. Amen. Delilah, as I said, also manipulated. Herodias. Also, my she didn't like John the Baptist. And she decided that if I don't like somebody, we must not live on the face of the earth. If I don't like somebody, we must be eliminated. If I don't like somebody, we must be exterminated. So she waited when the king was drunk and happy. And the daughter came and danced. And the king said, what shall I give you? She manipulated the daughter that said that you want the head of John the Baptist. Oh, we are so tender and so nice, but there's a part of us 
that if it's not yielded to God, it's something else. May the Lord work on us and make us what we have to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we come to Jezebel, the real woman, after whom we coined the word Jezebelism. I don't know if we have much time. But Jezebel, the Bible says, was the daughter of Ethbal, king of Sidon. The Bible says that there was no king that did more evil than Ahab because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. Many times as a wife, you are not called to be the head of your home. It's God who is, it's your husband who is called to be the head of your home. Your part may be to counsel, but you cannot force him to do what you want him to do. In that case, you will be moving into the place of the Holy Ghost and of God. And that is not a throne that God has designed for you. It is not your place. We have seen many times, even in politics, that people will say that, ah, this nation, it is ruled by a woman. Because when we want our desire, and what we think is right, we think that we can never go wrong. And we use our excursions from emotions to shift the whole thing into another gear. Jezebelism drives us to the wrong places. Amen. I think for this we have to read it. First Kings 16, 29 to 33. 1 Kings 16. First Kings 16. My bag. And First Kings 16, are we there? 29 to 33. 29 to 33, okay. And in the 30th and, and year of Asa king of Judah began Ahab the son of Omri to reign over Israel. And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria 20 and 2 years. And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord. No, the bag is off. In the sight of the Lord. Sorry. Above all that were before him, and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ebal, king of Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Amen. Now first case, the neighbors the Jezreelites had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. And Ahab spoke unto neighbors saying, Give me thy vineyard which was in Jezreel, had by the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. And Ahab spoke unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee, and Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezebelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I said unto Naboth the Jezebelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money or else. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thy heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezebelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in the city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast 
and set labor on high among the people, and set two men, sons of Bilal, before him to hear witness against him, saying, Thou dost blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of the city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants in the city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them. And as it was written in the letters which he had sent unto them, they proclaimed the fast, they sent labors, and all that. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, not to Ahab, to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass, when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise! Take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money. For Naboth is not alive, but dead. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Amen. Now there are certain things that we have to know about Jezebelism. You see, Jezebel was intent on having her own way. She wanted Israel's religion to be her religion. When she came, Israel was serving the living God. But Jezebel decided that I said thou, and therefore the whole nation should go my way. The Bible says that 400 prophets of Baal and 450 priests of Baal sat at Jezebel's table. She said 850 priests just so that they would do what she wanted and the religion of Israel would be what she seemed comfortable with. That was Jezebel. Now according to Jewish uh, law, you were not supposed to sell the land of your inheritance. And also man could not pass from one tribe to the other. Now Nebuchadnezzar was a Jezreelite, Ahab was from the tribe of Kings. And therefore, Ahab had no business asking for the land of Naboth. The Bible says that the inheritance in the form of land was as valuable as life. And therefore, Naboth was obeying God and obeying the regulations of the land. But Ahab was being moved by selfish ambition. And therefore, Naboth said, I will not do this, I will not give the land, whether you give me money or you... And the Bible even says that the only reason why the land could be sold, according to numbers, was in the terms of poverty. And even if you recovered from your poverty seven years after, when it was the year of Jubilee, you were supposed to buy the land back. That is how precious it was to God. And yet Ahab said, I want this land. And what will show you whether the fruit of Jezebelism is operating with that, you move into power, into authority, and into a place not your own. Jezebel did the right things, but for the wrong reasons. At least, she saw that her husband was sad and was not eating. Some of us, if our husbands are sad, we don't see. If our husbands are down, we don't care. If he doesn't eat, it is up to him. In fact, he's even lucky to find any food at home. But Jezebel, the evil wife, she did the right thing, but in the wrong way, and for the wrong reasons. She came and said, why are you sad? Why are you not eating? And then Emma told her about the land. But because Jezebel did not have God as the Lord of her life, other things ruled her. Her desires, her emotions, and what she thought was right was more important to her than the things of God. And so she said to Ahab, are you not the king? Ahab was king, but it didn't mean he had authority over everything. Ahab was king, but it didn't mean he could take, confiscate land by force. It was wrong that Jezebel played to his need for power to feel like he could control it. Ah, are you not the king? Why can you not just take it? But even though Ahab was the king, he didn't have the courage to move into such a place. But Jezebel, by her manipulation, said that I will give you the land. I may not be the king. 
and they don't have the authority, and they don't be given the God-given place to stand there, but I'm moving there anyway. I know how to get there. She said that I will give you that land. Then she wrote a letter herself in Ahab's name. She was using authority not her own. Sometimes in our marriages we use authority that is not our own. We stand in places that God did not call us to stand to. There's a certain beauty in submitting to God and to the authority that God places over us. Whether it's in the church, whether it's in the home, you will be blessed in your doing. But some of us, as soon as we hear the word submission, we develop allergies. Because we feel that submission is subjugation, it's domination, it's uh, something that is not nice. But submission is beautiful. When you come into the presence of God and you just submit yourself in worship and you just prostrate before Him, God comes down to inhabit His presence because submission is beautiful to Him. And that's why the Bible says, that wives, submit unto your husband as unto the Lord. Because sometimes your husband will be some way, but when you look at the Lord, you will submit. Amen. <laughs> So Jezebel also took the seal of Ahab and sealed the letters so that the letters will have a certain power which she did not have. God has not called us to borrow power. Amen. I recognize the fact that the head of this organization is my husband. And I always ask God for grace not to feel that things must be run my way. Who am I? And if I stand before God, God will ask me about the things that he asked me to do and ask him about the things that he asked him to do. I am so glad that I can be covered. Amen. It is so wonderful to submit to the things of God. Now in our nation, you know, sometime in our history, women were moving into places of their own. If you cross her, strike her down, kill her, exterminate her, finish her. But even in the church, sometimes somebody can hurt you, somebody can do the wrong things, but the person is still a child of God. And you have no right to exterminate the person, extinguish the person, and put the person and enter the person. You have no right. That is the place of God. Sometimes we move into that place, we will show her where power lies. Power lies in the hands of God and not in your hands. Amen. And you know, she came under a covering of being religious and spiritual. We know things that will appeal to people. If a person is spiritual, you have to look spiritual. You don't come and then ask karma. You will not attract what you want to attract. So she said, proclaim the fact. Let it look as spiritual as possible. Let it look like I even believe the things that the Jews believe. Although I don't believe, give it that semblance. Manipulation and Jezebelism. Proclaim a fact and then call two witnesses according to Jewish law. The Bible says that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter of yourself. So call them and then let them lie. You can make sure that you get signs of denial, signs of the devil. So they will be testifying all right, they will be doing what the law requires, but I know that I've put all my things into place. So it will look like the law is taking its course, but actually I have manipulated my own. So as the people came, they also bore the false witness, and Naboth was killed. But that was not the end of Jezebel. God sent Elijah to tell her that she would be killed, and the birth of the heir will eat her flesh. Her body will not even be recognized, and her blood will be spilled by the wall of Jezreel. The end of Jezebelism is not a good thing. You see, when you do things yourself, it doesn't last. When you try to change somebody, it doesn't matter. You are not the agent of change. The Holy Ghost is the agent of change. So sometimes you say, my husband, I want you to be like this. I want you to behave like this. Most men, when you try to show them where power lies, they will also rise up and show you that there's a greater power. But if you leave things to God, and God effects change, it will be forever. The Bible says when God doeth a thing, it is forever. That if we use our methods to bring change and to bring things to be the way we want them to be, 
it will not be so. May the Lord deliver us from Jezebelism. Lastly, 2 Kings 9, 30 to 37. 2 Kings 9. If somebody open to Matthew 20, 20, and we are ending. 2 Kings 9, 30 to 37. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face. Hey, manipulation. She painted her face, so that as the man looked at her, his whole judgment and everything would be confused. And he would say, oh, you know, I won't do what I'm supposed to do. She painted her face and tied her head and looked out at the window. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, Has Zimri peeped you through his master? Mm-hmm. And he lifted up his face the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And then looked out to him two or three eunuchs, and he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. And when he was coming, he did eat and drink, and said, Go see now, just cursed woman. May you not be cursed because of your manipulation. May you not be cursed because of Jezebelism. But may you be blessed. Because you allow God to be God. See this cursed woman and bury her, for she's the king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Even to the last point of her death, Jezebel was still manipulating. The Bible says she painted her face. And some of us, we paint our faces for reasons. And uh, we intentionally meet people as if we have met them by mistake, but it is a plan thing. And according to the plan, it's number five on the plan. But we want to talk as if it just happened. But we know that it didn't just happen between you and I as women. We know that it's true. So she painted her face and she stood where she could be seen in the window. So that as Jehu comes and his feet will be slated. Woman, I will not kill her again. But it didn't work. And then she referred to something. She said that had Zimri killed, who slew his master? Zimri had killed his master and things hadn't gone well. So she was now referring to that. Didn't you kill kings? Do things end well for them? She has now become spiritual. And she's referring to things like that. But all these things were to weaken Jehu's resolve in his hand so that he would not finish her. Up to the point of dying, she was practicing Jezebelism. But Jehu was not moved by her makeup. Amen. Sisters, may you be more beautiful than the outward. May you be more beautiful than the things that do not last, than the things that are just a covering. But may the child, the woman of great pride, that which is of a meek and quiet spirit, may that make you what God wants you to be. So Jehu spoke, and then Jezebel was thrown down. The Bible says that they looked for her to bury her, but they found only her scar and her hands. That is the end of people who practice Jezebelism. Jezebelism has led us to destroy relationships. Jezebelism has led us, sometimes you you know that these trousers that I'm wearing is being worn by a married couple. And you are putting your leg in it as a third party. Because pastor, I'm in love. And I, I can't help it. I'm in love. May the Lord deliver us. As I said, finally, Matthew 20. <laughs> Sometimes we may not be Jezebel today, but we'll be Jezebel tomorrow. May we seek to have a pure heart always before God. And may we know that man may look on the outside. But God lives on the inside. You see, I say now that if you are in the church and you want to marry a spiritual brother, all the rules have been set down. Because when the bishop stands, they say, brothers, don't marry them if they don't come for prayer meeting. Don't marry them if they are not shepherds. So now when they say shepherds too, <laughs> when they say prayer meeting, then you'll be praying, shabbat of a bondage, lenden of a bondage, then you question the one part of the brother.
time. May you not be spiritual because of sloppy day. So that when you marry, all the spirituality evaporates. Because you are so in love with sloppy day, when he talks to you, he can't even hear your voice. Why? I'm too shamefacedness. But when you get married, you let your master. Worshipping him and devouring a certain thing of him. Hey! You see, when you come and you worship the person, the person will ask you that, what do you want? What would thou? They should say that to him, grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. But the most important is that this Zebedee's mother, the sons didn't worship him, the mother. You see, we women always know what makes men sick. And we know how it will work. So the Bible says that she came worshiping Jesus. Even Jesus, we try to break our manipulation on him. She worshipped Jesus being the kind man that he said, What wouldest thou? Thou? She said, My two sons, try and promote them. So we use manipulation to get promotion into places and to influence people's decisions in ways that you should not be. And usually, it is a female thing. Because when it's sustained to the positive side, it can be called influence. But when it is turned to the negative side, it becomes manipulation and control. And from the day of creation, the woman has desired to be God. From the day of creation, the woman has desired to move into the seat of God and to a place where she can control her pain. If she says, life is too painful, let me control the painful things that come my way. The people think are too painful, and usually it's your point of pain that will be your point of temptation to manipulate because you don't want to feel too much pain. But pain will not kill you. Job says that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. May God bring us to the point where we can trust him. May God bring us to the point where he will wash us anew and we will start out as godly women and we will desire God and not a certain thing of him. Where we will come to the place where we seek the provider and not the provisions. May God bring us to that place where Jezebel will have nothing enough. God bless you. Sometimes it's even just your desires and your emotions that lead you more than God's perspective on anything. The Bible says he does not condemn us, but he calls us to the place of repentance. We have to acknowledge our sins. We have to acknowledge the times when we have manipulated. We have moved into the place of God. Out of fear, we have done things we should not do. Begin to pray to God that He will deliver you from the space of Jezebelism.
forgiveness for the times when out of our fears and our insecurities and Lord our, our, our feeling of hopelessness we have tried to control things to control our lives to control circumstances and to control people we confess oh God the times when we have not been all that we have to be we ask for your forgiveness may the spirit of Jezebel not be our portion may witchcraft be far from us oh God may we stand in the place that you have put us and flourish there, oh God. And after we do that, may we be blessed in our doing. I pray for homes where manipulation and control have broken up things. I pray for organizations and places where manipulation and control have broken up things. We ask that you will rebuild the ruins of our lives, oh God, and make us godly women, women in accordance with your word. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.